Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Right now on the line we have with us uh, General David Petraeus, who will give us an update about what's going on overseas. Hello, General. Hi, how are you? Well, we, uh, we, we are wondering, I mean, the war is still going on. Uh, There's stories around that uh, the Ukrainians have destroyed uh, a third of the Russian uh, army that was sent in to invade. Tell us what the truth is. What's, where, what do you hear? Well, clearly what Ukraine has done uh, once again in recent weeks, actually it bore out what I think I told you the last time I was on, which was watch for the Ukrainians to see if they could conduct a counteroffense, particularly in the east around Kharkiv. They have done that. So they have now won the Battle of Kharkiv. That's the second largest city in Ukraine and very close to the Russian border. So it's quite significant. So you add that to the Battle of Kiev, which they won, and two other northern cities in Ukraine as well. That said, uh, the Russians have been able to completely control now Mariupol. Uh, I'm glad to see the heroic, incredible, resourceful, resilient, and determined defenders of that enormous steel complex in Mariupol, the port city in the southeast part of Ukraine. Um, In a sense, they've surrendered, but they've fought for so many more weeks than anyone thought they could even survive. They became the Alamo of Ukraine, and they touch wood will be exchanged for Russian prisoners at some point uh, in the weeks ahead, one hopes. Uh, They certainly deserve that, and I hope that under the terms of what they do and after they've had a break, they can survive to fight another day. They are truly inspirational in what they've done. And again, I think good not to require them to fight literally to the last man. Elsewhere in the east, southeast, and south, you see Russia trying slowly to expand the areas that they control. Very costly in doing so. You quoted correctly the Ministry of Defense report from the U.K. that says about a third of the forces that have been committed are no longer uh, capable of carrying on. Uh, They have struggled, the Russians have, to replace their personnel and material losses, but they do find Uh, additional individuals to shove into the ranks, not the most effective of organizations. And meanwhile, of course, the Ukrainians are benefiting enormously from this avalanche of weapons, ammunition, other military supplies being provided to them by the U.S., the U.K., and other NATO nations. And those are tipping the scales in favor of Ukraine in some of the areas. But once again, John, we're in a pivotal period. The weeks ahead will tell us whether Ukraine can continue the counteroffensive beyond Kharkiv in the east and then perhaps shift it to the southeast and cut this main supply line between a key Russian hub of Belgorod uh, and the front line so that they can cut the supply lines that connect that hub with the Russian forces that are fighting in the east and whether they can stop the Russian forces in the southeast in a critical battle uh, and then keep pressure on them in the south. 
the Russians are trying to incorporate these areas. They're at some point may annex them into the Russian Republic. They could even say, okay, this is all part of Russia now. If you attack us, we might resort to our other military capabilities, rattling the nuclear saber again. So Ukraine has to push as quickly as they can before the Russians can harden what are the new front lines of this war. And I think the next few weeks will tell us uh, how successfully the Ukrainians will be in that effort, noting how incredibly impressive they have been, of course, until this time. Understood. And this whole game now being played between uh, uh, Finland and uh, what is yes. it? Sweden. 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 <clears throat> and, and now Turkey comes out and says, well, I might veto the whole thing unless you but did he, did he actually say if unless you pay us? No, Erdogan wants something. Uh, the question course. is what? Yeah. How much did we pay her, well, her, her, Turkey uh, to fly over in the Iraq in the uh, Iraq uh, problem? General, this is yeah, Pete King. You know, it's, as far as deja vu. How are you, Congressman? I'm, I'm doing great, General. How are you? It's great to talk with you always. Uh, this okay. almost goes back to 2003 when didn't Turkey it block uh, your, your troops coming in from the north and Iraq, which really slowed they us did. down. They did. Yeah, no, that's why the 801st Airborne Division, which I was privileged to command at that time, and which you visited later on when we were in Mosul, that's yes. why we ended up in the north instead of the unit that was supposed to come through Turkey and down from the north. They couldn't make it that far when they came in from the south. And Turkey but would allow us to land. Resolvable. Yep. I think this is resolvable. Turkey has it's a, matter of a money. somewhat legitimate issue here. We need yeah. to keep in mind that an organization that we have designated as a terrorist organization, the PKK, Turkish Kurd Extremists, um, are allowed in some other countries, including some NATO countries, uh, to exist and in some cases to fundraise. And this does go on uh, in Finland and I believe also in Sweden. And so I think it is not out extraordinary for Turkey to ask that they address this issue, which is very important to Turkey. At the end of the day, I don't think Turkey is going to... General, how significant is it that Sweden and Finland, I mean, two, uh, if not neutral, certainly non-belligerent countries, how how does that change the power structure, the balance of power? Well, it's very, very significant. Geostrategically, keep in mind that when you add Finland and Sweden, both of whom have very modern forces, by the way, and both of whom served in either Bosnia or Kosovo or both. And, in fact, I had their forces under my command when I was privileged to command in Afghanistan. Both of them were there. Very interoperable with NATO already. They'll pay their 2% of GDP on defense and so forth. Keep in mind, when you add them, when you look at the map, all of a sudden this literally surrounds the Baltic with uh, the sea, with uh, NATO countries, and it also adds two very important countries to the effort for influence in the Arctic. And that's going to be one of the key areas of uh, the decades that lie ahead as global warming brings about further melting of the Arctic, further access to it in various ways, including maybe at some point actually a all-year-round uh, maritime route there as well. General, so adding these two countries is very, very significant, and it will be very seamless. It'll be, they have, again, equipment that is very much at NATO standards, as is their uh, per, their doctrine and their professional expertise. We have one last question before we have to take a break. Sure. Uh, Vito Fasella, the borough president 
Uh, General, just to, to follow up on Peter's question about the importance of Finland and Sweden, was this a misplay once again by Putin in not anticipating oh, absolutely. that Sweden and Finland, and now almost by default, is going to happen? Absolutely. He And all he has to do to find out who he should blame is look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, he set out to make Russia great again, and what he has really done is make NATO great again, and even greater with the addition of two very important countries. And, of course, he's really, in a way, made the U.S. great again. Um, you know, we had we pulled out of Afghanistan a decision that we, many of us questioned. The way we did it uh, was not uh, particularly auspicious, and we really didn't consult adequately with our NATO partners. Here we are leading uh, NATO and the Western world in opposing a very, very clear-cut issue of an autocracy or a kleptocracy invading <clears throat> a neighboring country that is a democracy. General David Petraeus, thank you so much, and God bless you, and thank you for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out. Thank Thank you, you, General.